I got some good news for you, some bad news for you about the military in America. The good news is we are so much nicer in the army. We are no longer mean, challenging people, telling them to toughen up because we care so much about your well-being. But the bad part about the military is we got weaker. Matter of fact, here's a recent article that came from Wall Street Journal stating in 2022, the U.S. military had its toughest recruiting gear since we were doing an all-volunteer military in 1973. Here's the shortfall. Army's goal for 2022 for recruiting was 65,000. They fell short by 15,000 people, that's 23%. Navy's goal was 38,000. They fell short by 10,000, that's minus 26%. Air Force was 27. They fell short by 3,000, minus 11%. Marines were the only ones that had a goal and they hit it. And when I share with you the data today, I'll give you one and that's going to drive you crazy. Did you know we spend the same amount of money to Ukraine already in the fight against Russia? as Russia's entire military budget was last year. Wait till you see some of this data. You're gonna say, what the hell are we doing in America? Let's get right into it. I normally would say if you get value out of this video, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. I should probably say if this thing pisses you off, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. But let's get right into it. Look, it, it, there's a lot of things going on right now. So, well, because recruiting is down, it's because military's gone woke. And then Kirby Millie and Blinken say, no, that's not the reason. There's no real correlation between the two. So we said, listen, why don't we look at some of the numbers, see what we kind of noticing that's going on within our military? Because safety and security is very important to you, to I. I got a family. I'm sure you want to be safe as well. So let's see what's really going on here. All right, so let's first take a look at how big our military is today versus in the past before. If you look at this chart here, this goes from 50s till today. Of course, we don't want to look at World War II because I think we had a high of 16 million total. Obviously, some of it you were drafted. You didn't have a choice. But I'm looking at the era that is volunteer era and slightly prior to that. If you look at this chart, in the 50s during Korean War, we had a little over 3 million soldiers in the military. That's between 1950 to 53, a little over 3 million. Then if you notice the 70s, we went back above 3 million again. That's 3.5 million. That's the war that was going on with Vietnam, 1955 to 75. And then it dropped off, and then we go into the 80s, 90s. You're dealing with the Persian Gulf. We had roughly 2 million people in the military. And then today, we're the lowest we've ever been. We're at roughly 1.35 million people in the Air Force, Marine Corps, Navy, and Army combined. This is all active duty. So, so you may say, Pat, I don't know if that's a big, is that a big number compared to what? Let's look at the competitors. China. China's got 2 million. India's got 1.45 million. We have 1.3 million. North Korea's 1.2 million. Russia's got 850,000. Then it's Pakistan at 640. Iran's got 575. South Korea's got 555. Vietnam's got 470. And Egypt has 415. By the way, for some of you that want some fun fact type of thing, active and reserve Vietnam's the most with around five and a half million. They're really concerned if another Hiroshima happens again, so they want to make sure they stay paranoid. Now, let's look at some stats here. Today, nearly 80% of all Army recruits have a family member who served, meaning if I join, maybe it's like, my dad served, I want to do the same. My uncle served, I want to do the same. At the same time, the Department of Defense said that 77% of American youth are disqualified from military due to a lack of physical fitness, low test scores, criminal records, including drug use, or other problems. So if you don't have that big of an inventory and they're not qualified, what do you have to do? You either have to keep the standards, the waiters are saying, well, why don't we just lower the standards to get more people that get in? And then at the same time in 2021, only 9% of young people ages 16 to 21 said they would ever consider joining the military. Now let's take a look at what's happened in America with different policy changes since 2011 to today. 2011, US repealed the don't ask, don't tell policy, prohibiting gay recruits from serving openly in the military. 
2013. U.S. lifts ban on women serving in combat roles. There's a big thing that happens in 2013 when they said women can go into combat. Wait till you see this data here. According to the Center for a New American Security, CNAS, the number of women serving in combat occupations increased over 60% between 2013 to 2018, but what else increased? Let me show you. Sexual assault reports made to Department of Defense skyrocketed right after 2013. When you look at this year, notice how from 2007 to 2012, it's flat, 2013. Combat takes place. Look at the reports all the way at the top in total reports. From 3,604 reports to next year, 5,518, and it's climbed all over 7, 8,000 today. So you may say, wait a minute, so what are you saying? You know, that's okay? I'm not saying it's okay. All I'm saying is when you send thousands of men who are 18 to 25 years old with the testosterone level here and the ratio for soldiers in active duty, not in combat, is for every five male active duty, there's one female. So out of six, one is a female, five is a male. And in combat, the ratios are astrom astronomically higher. You're, you're putting these men in a bad situation. Well, that, that, that's an excuse you're making for them. I'm not telling them. Don't put people in a bad situation to do something bad. These numbers tell us it's not a good thing that has happened. Again, bad policies have consequences. This is showing this was a bad policy. November 2017, this was the first time the Defense Health Agency approved payments for sex reassignment surgery for active duty U.S. military service members. Matter of fact, Pentagon spent $15 million between 2017 to 2021 treating 1,892 transgender troops, including $11.5 million for psychotherapy and $3.1 million for surgeries, according to the Defense Department data provided to military.com. I want you to think about in Russia, in China, in Iran, they're getting a report. Did you know America spent $15 million for surgery? Pentagon, 1890. What do, you, what do you think the enemy's thinking? Oh my God, we're gonna go against transgenders. We have to be very careful because this is like a level above Navy SEAL. Or do you think they're laughing saying, what the hell happened to the most feared military in the world? Is that really what the Pentagon? Who the hell is running the Pentagon to prove numbers like this? How would you look at it if the military said it? By the way, you can talk about woke policies, maybe in business and other places, and sell it. In war, where your safety's on the line, this sounds ludicrous to me. I don't know if it does to you as well. And so if you're my age, in your 40s, you're gonna look at this one and say, what are these guys talking about here? But today, remember, we're nicer today. We're more pleasant today. We, we do wusa today in the military and we do yoga because that's how we, we defend our country by being peaceful and telling the enemy, hey, China, before you kill us, why don't we do yoga together so we can have more peace? What do you think about that? China's going to be like, you had your flip of mind, Mr. Enemy. Boom. We win. 2018, big change, big policy change. You ready? Harassment prevention and response in the armed forces. Policy created under direction of Defense Secretary Jim Mattis. So in 2018, Jim Mattis came up with a policy. The whole thing was around anti-bullying policies, which he came up with. And they defined bullying as offensive jokes, epithets, ridicule or mockery, insults or put-downs, displays of offensive objects, 
or imagery, stereotyping, intimidating acts, veiled threats of violence, threatening or provoking remarks, slurs, derogatory remarks about a person's accent, displays of racially offensive symbols. Sounds like the last dance with the Chicago Bulls when you play with Michael because sounds like all that stuff was Michael doing that when he was challenging his people and we call him the greatest of all time. I, I understand some of these things may be harmful, hurtful, hurt someone's feelings, but you're, you're defending a nation. Maybe in third grade, I understand these things. Maybe in fifth grade, maybe in a church, okay, you can't cross the line with this stuff, but you're being mentally toughened up to imagine what the enemy is going to tell you. If you can't take something from up here, how are you going to, do you see the logic behind that? Now, the next one, I understand discrimination based on race, color, religion, sex, national origin, sexual orientation. But even with that, do you want more women in war in combat than these are questions we have to be asking because it's not working. And then sexual, unwanted sexual advances, requests for sexual favors, offensive comments or gestures of a sexual nature. And then a couple other things they have here, obviously hazing and retaliation. I get the whole retaliation code red, you know, you can't handle the truth, totally get it. Now all that stuff is fine, but let's see what this did. What was the impact of this in different services that we have? So now, what is the punishment if you do something like that? Let me read you exactly what the punishment was for doing this. Number one, a court-martial conviction for hazing can result in a maximum sentence of one year of confinement, a dishonorable discharge, and forfeiture of all pay and allowances. That's probably going to scare the crap of half the military leaders saying, whoa, I don't even want to deal with the second one. A non-judicial punishment for hazing can result in a reprimand, loss of rank, extra duty, restriction to quarters or a combination of these punishments, a victim of hazing can also file a civil lawsuit against the perpetrators. Now, you and I may have a different opinion. You may, some of you guys may say, Pat, what's wrong with that? We should have that. Totally fine. Is it working? And if we're mentally and emotionally preparing you to do what? To go shoot the last shot and while you're shooting the free throw, the player shouldn't say anything bad to you because it's going to hurt your feelings? Okay, fine. You want to put that in your little league? Do it. You think the enemy is going to go by these same guidelines? You think the enemy is going to be like, I can't say bad words about you, you little shorty. I can't say anything bad about you, you little fatty. Or you think they're going to come at you and emotionally try to, like, this is either going to work or it's not going to work. But just think about from the enemy standpoint. The enemy is looking at the same. What a bunch of mentally and emotionally weak people Americans have become. This next one's pretty wild. In 2020, Army replaces shark attack with team events called the Thunder Run. Meaning, shark attack, if you don't know, they don't say go swim with sharks. Shark attack in the military is when drill sergeants screaming in trainees' faces as they stepped off the buses, ordering them to perform exercises using loaded duffel bags. I clearly did this. In 1997, when the drill sergeant was hitting me with his hat, go, hey, hey, private, get your duffel bag. I remember that drill sergeants were charged with assessing the trainee's ability to handle stress, singling out the perceived undesirables by enveloping them in a manner that emulated a shark attack. So that's what they did before. And by the way, they replaced that with Thunder Run, which is incredibly nice. Okay, very nice. Let me share it with you. Team building exercises that aims to build trust and recruits are penalized with physical exercises instead of getting screamed at. What a, what a generous climate to prepare these young soldiers to protect our country because the enemy is getting nicer. We have to definitely consider getting nicer. August 2021, the botch withdrawal from Afghanistan. We left 80 plus billion dollars of equipment there. It's not a big deal. We can make that again and sell it again. Just come back, guys. Then in May 13, 2021, the woke recruiting cartoon, Emma with two mobs. I don't know if you've seen that. If you've not seen it, this is when they started saying we have to kind of inject woke in military. Now it's in front of all of us. We're seeing it. October 2021. Maybe emotional for some. You ready? 
Not a General Patton, something better than Patton. A four-star trans general. <gasps> imagine when the enemy hears about that. Can you imagine? She is like, guys, it's over. We're shivering. We're going to face a four-star trans general? This person's going to have strategies better than Napoleon, better than Patton, better than all of these guys combined. It's game over. Let's just kind of surrender and say, you know what, U.S.? You guys got it. You win. Next, November 2021, DOD mandates COVID vaccines for all service members. By 2020, roughly 40,000 National Guard and 22,000 reserve soldiers who refuse to take the vaccine have been cut off from military benefits, according to the U.S. Army. And more than 8,400 service members were discharged for refusing the shot. April 2023, you ready for this one? Air Force will allow more body fat for recruits as service struggles to find new airmen. Male recruits are now allowed to have up to 26% body fat, used to be 20%, and women are allowed to be 36% body fat, it used to be 28% body fat. So let's talk about the problems. Why is only 9% of kids 16 to 21 thinking about joining the military? Do they love their country? Do they have pride in America? Let me share with you some statistics here. Here's Americans on being proud to live in the United States in 2022 by generations. Baby boomers. 73% of boomers are proud to be Americans. Gen X, my generation, 54% are proud. Millennials, 36% are proud. But Gen Z, only 16% of them are proud to be Americans. By the way, who does Gen Z spend a lot of time around? Schools. Oh, what are you saying, Pat? Yeah, they're in high school, they're in, they're in middle school, they're in junior high school. Are you saying teachers are not proud to be Americans? Why else would they not be proud to be Americans? They spend more time around teachers than they do around their parents. Who else would inject not being proud of being an American? Mom and dad, mom and dad are working from 8 to 6 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, evening, 5 o'clock, and then they come home and they're watching TV. But they're around teachers all day long saying, well, America's not what it used to be. America's capitalist. America rich people. Man, I hate America. America sucks. That's why we have these numbers. By the way, in China, you ready? 2023 Global Public Opinion Index showed 80% of respondents are honored to be Chinese and 85% often proud of the country's achievement. Russia, 67 to 83% are proud. Iran, 67 proud. U.S. Gen Z, 16% proud. Let me show you this other charge by Statista. Take a look at this here. The red says extremely proud, very proud, and the blue is just extremely proud, okay? It used to be 90% in the early 2000s. We're at 65%. And the blue used to be in the 70% in the early 2000s. We're at the lowest we've ever been. 38% is how proud we are to be American. Interesting. Greatest country in the world. Creates tens of millions of jobs worldwide. Has done so much good for society. But we're not proud to be Americans. Why would anybody join the military that they're not proud of their country? And who are they spending time with? School teachers, who are also not proud. Not all of them, not all of them, but this ratio only tells us someone's got influence over them. I'm saying teachers have major influence over this issue here. So this whole thing about woke, why would the military go woke, right? You would say, I understand why Anheuser-Busch would go woke. I understand why Disney, why Netflix, stock market, billion dollar companies, you know, S&P 500, you know, BlackRock and these guys can get a hold of them, right? I totally get that, but military, come on, Pat, what are you talking about? Well, here's some data you need to know about of what's happened. Since 2001 till today, Pentagon has spent $15 trillion. Let me say that one more time. $15 trillion of which 54%, that's $8 trillion, went to private sector companies, private sector companies report on are held accountable to who? ESG numbers, aren't they? Oh, shoot, you're kidding me. 
No. Oh, let me go a little deeper for you if you're liking this stuff. According to DOD today, 71% of the U.S. military budget goes to private defense contractors. Let me give you some of these numbers here. You ready? Number one, Lockheed Martin, 39.2 billion. Number two, Boeing, 23.6 billion. Number three, Raytheon, then General Dynamics, then Northrop Grumman. Look what number six is. How the hell is Pfizer on this list? 13.3 billion for what? Pfizer's even making money off the military for the vaccine? Then you got L3 Harris Technologies, then it's Humana. Then you got Huntington uh, Ingalls. And then number 10 is Moderna, got seven billion? From who? Are you serious? Yes. Who controls that? The same ESG folks. And by the way, you want to look at lobbyists, where they rank, how much money they're spending on this? Let me just give you the leader's bulletin on lobbyists on what these guys are doing. And FYI, you know how typically it's always been, well, you know, Republicans are all about the war and that we can buy Republican senators and Republican congressmen and Republican this, but Democrats, you know, Democrats, they're typically bought by Pfizer and Big Pharma, but Republicans are the military people that are buying with these big military contractors. Today, both Republicans and Democrats are for war. Take a look at this data here. So by the way, here's an overview from 2015 to 22 of defense aerospace lobbying. And it shows the companies, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, Northrop Grumman, United Technologies, Electro Impact, then how much money they gave to Dems versus Republicans. Do you see that? So at the top, 2015-16, Lockheed was 1.5 to Democrats, 2.2 Republicans, 1.616, 1.318. If you notice, Republicans were getting more money. Even in 2017 and 2018, Republicans were getting more money than Dems. In 2019-2020, still Republicans were getting more money on the Lockheed Martin side, but watch who flips. Northrop Grumman gave more money to Dems than it gave to Republicans. And then at the bottom, if you look at Lockheed Martin, 21-22, more to Democrats, North of Grumman, more to Democrats than the smaller ones. They're about even to each other, but Democrats are not getting more money from Lockheed Martin and North of Grumman than Republicans are. We've always been told, Pat, Democrats are not for war. Well, not according to the money that's being given to the Dems today. Maybe parties have changed a little bit. Let's talk about solution. Remember earlier I said, you know, if this thing pisses you off, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Are you pissed off yet? Well, let me give you the solution, right? So for me, here's where the buck stops, where the problem is. What happens? Have you ever had a job when you went to orientation? Or have you gone to college when you go to an orientation? Or have you ever played for a sports team and you gone to orientation? Or joined the church and you go to orientation 101? What do they sell you? They sell you the company. Well, you know, let me tell you, Xerox was first founded, the company's name was Halloid, and the founder was this, and da-da-da-da. And our pride in the company is this. You work at Apple, Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak had an idea back in 1976 when they noticed Bill Gates was doing this, and they said, they're going to build a computer, the PC, personal computer. Oh, wow, what a great history. And Notre Dame is known for it before. Lou Holtz and da da The New York Yankees, George Steinbrenner and Babe Ruth and da-da-da-da. Man, I'm so proud to be a Yankee. Every school year should start with every teacher in every class for the entire week selling America on why it's the greatest country in the world. Every kid in orientation first week needs to be sold on the greatness of America, the positive impact it's had in the world where you and I, whatever religion we are, whatever color we are, whatever part of the world we are, we can coexist. You like the Red Sox? I like the Yankees. You like the Lakers? I like the Clippers. You're a Muslim? I'm a Christian. You're an atheist? I'm a Scientologist. It doesn't matter. We can coexist because this is the greatest country in the world where 40 million immigrants are here. They can go to any other country in the world. They can go to China. They can go to India. They can go to Russia. They can go to Iran. They can go to Colombia. They can go to Cuba. They can go to Venezuela. They can go to Germany but they chose America. Why did you choose America? It's on an island of its own. You got to fly from China to come. You got to fly from Middle East to come. You got to fly from Europe to come here. Why are you coming here? Why don't you go through the surrounding countries? Because this is the greatest country 
in the world. And we have to be proud. When I joined the army, I'll never forget. I'm in Fort Jackson, South Carolina. I joined April 15th of 1997. Memorial Day came. I'm in formation looking at grown men and women, E8, sergeant majors, first sergeant E8s, captains, colonels, generals, tears. And we're looking at, I'm proud to be an American. They sold you on the greatness of this country. And you have to be proud about it. If we do that, kids are going to say, I love America. I love America. I love America. Prime Star said when we took out the Pledge of Allegiance, last one was June. You know what we do in America in June? Pride Month. What do you see everywhere? You see the rainbow flag everywhere. For an entire month, we dedicate to a small community an entire month. But the majority of Americans get one day, and that's 4th of July. What? No. Pride Month to celebrate maybe a community. Maybe a day. Maybe a half a day. Proud to be an American? Every day, every day, you and I need to be proud to be Americans, not one day, every day. We need to sell our story to the kids early on. I definitely don't think we're doing that. My second concern is, I don't know how we do this, but companies that are able to leverage the military to make a lot of money and they get the government contracts north of Grumman, Raytheon, all this stuff, they have to be either excluded from ESG guidelines because then that officially means that BlackRock, Vanguard, and State Street are running the military. Who the hell are you to be? You you officially are more powerful than a commander-in-chief? What are we talking about here? No, stay out of this business. This is none of your business, okay? We're trying to protect the average American's house and make sure we keep their freedoms. ESG has no place in the military. Zero place in the military. We have to keep that outside of the military. You go screw up as many Fortune 500 companies you wanna do, okay, because long-term everyone's gonna realize your philosophies don't work, okay? Even uh, Larry Fink recently said ESG has been weaponized. We have to change the word to something else. ESG has not been weaponized. You've weaponized ESG against the American people, not the American people and the critics using the word ESG as a way to weaponize against you. Who the hell are you? An $11 trillion company to tell American people we're weaponizing against you? You're doing it to the American people and they're sick of it. Simple. Military, there is no place in the SG in the military. Next one, I, I'm like, as a financial advisor, I've been a financial advisor since the day before 9-11. I got my Series 7 in November of 2001. And so I've been sitting with clients. So you have to look at our balance sheet, families' numbers, what they're looking at, what are you spending, what's coming in, income, outflow, all that stuff. So U.S. is spending last year $801 billion in the military. Number two is China, 293. Then it's India, 76. Less than a tenth of what U.S. spends. UK, 68 billion. Russia, 65.9. Annual, Russia, 65.9. We sent 66 billion to Ukraine, while Russia's annual is 60. Do you, you tracking? This is like weird stuff, right? France, 55.6. Germany, around the same. Saudi, 56, around the same. Japan, 54. South Korea, 50. What the hell are we doing with this $801 billion? Where's this money going to? Where's the accountability with this? Guys, I'm a pro-military guy. I'm a pro-Second Amendment guy. But what, what are we... What are we doing with this $801 billion? I think we need to kind of audit and see where the money's being spent. Where's it going to? Where's the, the investments we're making? Is, is it wise investments we're making? Why do we use the U.S. dollars to make money for these other companies, 71%? It's a little bit concerning. And last but not least, whether you're a Democrat or Republican, if I read structure on what the Kennedy's family stood for, Bush's family stood for, you like one, you don't like the other, I don't care. I'm just telling you what these families built from the top. The idea was that there's four ways to give back to your country. Number one is through military. Number two is through public service, politics, whatever you want to get into. Number three is through church. And number four is through charity. Go, you know, participate and get involved in a nonprofit organization. This is something where we have to contribute 
to what this great nation has done for us. This place was here way before you and I got here, unless if you're 250 years old and you're not. These 56 men build it and we are the recipients, the beneficiaries of these incredible policies and this constitution and the Bill of Rights. We are the recipients of these 56 men who were anti-establishment men against Britain, where they said, no, we want to be free. We want our people to be free. So we went from having 56 men who were anti-establishment, wanting to fight for the freedom of you and I, to now going back and becoming exactly what we... Do you understand what's going on here? It's kind of weird, right? So if you love America as much as I do, this is when we got to be a little bit vocal and sell America to everybody around us. Tonight, after you watch this video, sell it to your brother, to your sister, to your husband, to your wife, to your co-workers. Just go tell them why you love America so much. Actually, start that tradition. Make a video today, post it on Instagram, post it on Twitter, tag me. Here's why I love America. And let's start this tradition going of telling everybody, even if 22 people see it, even if 600 people see it, who cares? Let's tell our story. It's this simple. My name is Patrick Bitt David. Let me tell you why I love America. Ba, 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 ba. And post it. See if we can create a movement of why I love America, hashtag. And get other people to say, wait a minute, you're wrong, but America sucks, but America this. And we keep saying, here's why I love America. Here's why I love America. Here's what I love America. And that here's why I love America starts with your family, in your house, with your kids, with your parents, with your siblings, and with your friends. I know earlier I said, well, if you're pissed off, give it a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. But if you're inspired right now, give it a thumbs up, subscribe to the channel. I got another video I want you to watch. The rise of weak men in America. If you've never seen it, click here to watch it. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye, bye-bye.